Hi, welcome to my podcast. I hope your week's going well. In this episode, I conclude my conversation with Melrose Figueroa, and we talk about how now is a really good time to get started on what God has been putting on your heart to do. Let's go. Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawa, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. What are plans that you're trying to break those walls, to continue to break those walls? Do you, do you see it going a certain way? You know, we're starting where I think everyone should start. Fasting and prayer. So we're actually going to be heading up to the mountains in California. What? And yeah. So me and the team, the Voda team, uh, we're going to go uh, to California, to the mountains, fasting and praying and just seeking the Lord's face. You know, it's been nine years of him, you know, revealing puzzle pieces and, and just so much revelation that now is the time where we just have to gather around the table, you know, put everything out on the table and ask the Lord, okay, what do we do with this? Because there's a time when you're following God, you're seeking God and you're following God as a servant because you're obeying his instructions. But now I'm stepping into a season. Um, and, and when I say I am, it's also, you know, alongside the other leaders where I'm becoming a steward. And so it's, it's a different season because I'm transitioning from a servant mentality to a steward. So when you're a steward, there's a lot higher demand to actually put things into practical terms and how is this going to work? How's that going to work? And, and so all of those things that the Lord has given me now is the time where I seek him and say, okay, Lord, you've given this to me. Where do we go from here? And also trust in the wisdom that he's given me because he's been preparing me through tests and trials and ministry and deep intercession. And so trusting in that wisdom, because a lot of times we want God to confirm everything, but when we step into a, a role of stewardship, he's going to, he's going to say, you know what you like, I've prepared you for this. So you have to rely on the wisdom that I've given you on my word, my instructions, the revelation, the prophetic, and all the gifts that I've placed inside of you. And that's not easy because it takes a lot of trust. You got to trust yes. in what God has placed inside of you. And that's, that's where that I would say that's like the final test, right? It's like, it's there's a window of opportunity and I, and I believe this is a word, you know, like a now word where there's a window of opportunity right now, I believe in the body of Christ where it's now or never. 
It, there are things that are just, it is the time. It's the time. It's not the time to question. It's not the time to doubt. It's not the time to feel inadequate. It's not the time. It's not the time. So whatever he's placed inside of you, whether that's a mustard seed of faith or a plethora of experiences and, and seminars and, and mentorship and schooling, whatever that is for you, like taking whatever it is he's placed in your hands and activating it. That is such a word of wisdom. And we talked about this at the beginning of this call. Um, I, I love what you said. You said, now is not the time to feel inadequate. And I think, and I've struggled with that. I've struggled with that. But what I've learned is that we have a say-so. We have a say-so in whether to accept that belief or not. And I was watching this show called Ted Lasso last night. And um, it's just a Christian podcast. He's talking about Ted Lasso. Yeah, I was talking, I was watching Ted Lasso and <laughs> there was a quote, there was a quote in there that really jumped out at me. And the quote was, doubt can only be overcome through action. I really, really believe that. And one thing that whenever I think of Melrose, I think of like boss girl. You're like such a boss girl because you're always doing like that is like one of your strengths. You you actually execute. You execute things. And and that I really believe to overcome doubt, to overcome in at the feeling of inad at, ugh, inadequacy is to do stuff, to do the thing you're scared of. So we were talking about that earlier where um you said at some point in someone's calling, they have to start believing in it and start doing it. Could you shed some light on that? Yeah. So actually the other day, one of, one of the ladies I'm mentoring, uh, you know, she just got ordained and she, she's stepping into her calling and she messaged me one day, just a little discouraged saying, you know, I feel like an imposter. And I think that's something we hear, you know, we hear it in business all the time, but it happens in ministry too. And I just said to her, newsflash, that never goes away. Amen. That feeling does not go away, whether it's business or ministry, just life in general. You know, I'm not a parent yet, but I imagine you feel that as a parent too. It's just, oh yeah, we're never, we're never going to feel good enough. And I don't think that we should because we need to stay in that place of humility. We need mm -hmm. God. Like I need God every time I'm going to minister or I'm going to speak or I'm going to do deliverance. And anytime I need the Holy Spirit, I need God. And so I think if we get to a place where we think, you know what, I'm good. I deserve this. Uh, you know, I, I'm worthy. And, you know, this like put me in like, then then we have to be careful with pride, right? The spirit mm -hmm. of pride. Absolutely. So, like, although imposter syndrome, it's not something that is good to feel, but at the same time, it can keep us in that space of, of humility. You felt that imposter syndrome. You felt inadequate. How did you overcome it? When you realize 
who you are in Christ and that it's him who lives in you, it changes everything. Because when he sends me to do something, I can't look at it as he's sending Melrose. So the moment you realize your identity is in Christ and you really embrace that, when he sends you to do something, whether it's to pray for someone at a store or to do a 30-day tour across the country like I just did, you have to understand it's not you. Like when he sent me across the country, he was not sending Melrose, you know, five foot three with, you know, all of her imperfections. He was sending me as an ambassador of Christ. And so what, if I come to that understand, when I come to that understanding, then every assignment he gives me, it changes because it's not me. It's him who lives through me. I want to go deeper with this. I, I, I feel like we need to teach people how to make this practical because I hear a lot of people say identity in Christ and it's become a buzzword again. Um, but what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? I know that that's one of the main reasons for this podcast. So it's actually like one of the things that God has been focusing on for me for the past five years, because there are certain beliefs that we have of ourselves that are just lies. And it comes from trauma. It comes from the world. It actually comes from religion. And God is God needs to reveal who we are. I, I honestly believe that there's no way we could truly find out who we are except through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because you that you have to go back to the manufacturer. If you want to learn about the product, you gotta go back to the manufacturer. And we could get all you know, politically correct and say, uh, you know, like, oh, you know, each has its own path and all that stuff. But if God is really God, if he really didn't make the universe, then the only way to find out who you are is through going through God. And there is such an identity crisis, a weird, weird identity crisis that people don't even know what's right in front of them. You know, we don't know you know, what gender we are, or what race we are, or all these things, things that are just right in front of your face. But um, we, the only way I believe to find out who you are is through revelation, God telling you who you are. Yeah, all of these issues with identity, you know, when it comes to gender, or even race, you know, let's go back, you know, a decade, a couple decades ago. Uh, when it comes to race or it comes to our genders, like those are just symptoms of the enemy's overall plan. What's next? It's our DNA. He's after our DNA. Because if you go back to scripture, when the, the and during the days of Noah, you know, when, when basically God said, let's start over, <laughs> you know, it was because the enemy successfully altered man's DNA. And when your DNA is altered, then you become irredeemable by God. So all of those political issues are just a symptom of what's really going to happen. 
that's the enemy's plan. So all of these other things that are happening in the medical world, in the tech world, they're all just pointing to the same thing because the enemy is after our identity. And what greater form of identity than your DNA and your fingerprint? Right. That's deep. And then there's your soul, you know, uh, I, you know, you have to read in the Bible on, on who you really are. And I know a lot of people suffer from rejection and you have to go and see what the Bible says about that. And then you have to believe it. And the truth is we're not rejected. We're actually accepted. And there, and I'm just using rejection as an example because it's a common thing that we could understand. Uh, but there's so many things. There's so many different lies. Um, but rejection is a powerful one. And I think it is one that keeps people from their calling because, again, we have that doubt of our calling. We have that inadequacy, feeling of inadequacy. And if we truly saw how we look to Jesus, think about it. He was so passionate that he said it was worth getting whipped and going to the cross. As he went through that, he knew, he said, this is worth it. And the Bible also says he's constantly thinking about us. It says that his thoughts of us are more than the sands in the beach. That's a lot. So how does, what does he see when he looks at us? I want to see that. And I want to put that in my brain and soul so that I could see myself. Well, if, if the enemy can get you to forget who you are, right? Who you are in Christ or who you are right. at all. You know, if you look up the word, the word, you know, name in Hebrew and you look up uh, the original definition of that. So when the scripture says for us to walk in the authority of Christ, to, kn to know him and walk in, his, in the authority that he has given us, a name means authority. So if we don't know him, we're not going to walk in that authority. So that's why the enemy tries so hard to keep us, number one, from knowing him, knowing who he is, knowing his name, knowing what, uh, just having a relationship with God and knowing who we are. There's a disconnect. There's a huge disconnect. And all of those, you know, the, what you were saying about, sorry, let me, hold on. Let me get something. Sure. Go ahead. So the spirit of rejection is actually one of the scales of the spirit of Leviathan, right? So you have rejection from mother, from your father, sibling, self-rejection, rejection from the womb, hurt, deep hurt, low self-esteem, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, pride, envy, jealousy. So all of those things, and I can keep going, hopelessness, depression, self-accusation, competition, withdrawal, loneliness, independence, isolation, selfishness, criticism, self-pity, perfectionism, outcast, feeling like a black sheep. So all of those things, rebellion, pride, guilt, inferiority, insecurity, we're getting into that imposter syndrome space, right? So if we operate out of this spirit, think of all the spirits that are in that network that are trying to keep us from the fulfillment of what God has for us by not knowing that we are accepted. Point 
blank period. We are accepted. We don't need to come into agreement with all of those spirits. So the moment that we tell ourselves, the moment that we come into agreement with the lie that we're not good enough or that we don't have this or that we don't have that, that we're always going to be rejected, that you know, there's the grief and the sorrow. And we come into agreement with all those things that create strongholds in our minds, fortresses in our minds. And then it keeps us from moving forward and fulfilling God's calling over our lives. It's interesting because a lot of those things that you mentioned, rejection, inadequacy, feeling less than, all those things only have power over you if you agree with it. Mm-hmm. Because there are voices, whether it be people in your circle, whether it be spirits, whether it be whatever, that are telling us that we don't matter, that are telling us that we're not good enough for what God has for us. All of that is being said, but it really doesn't affect us until we agree with it. Yeah, that's all deliverance is, is coming out of agreement. <laughs> right? <laughs> it really is simple, right? It really, it, I mean, we, I think we overcomplicate things and really it's just coming into alignment with God. It's, it's God, a relationship with God is, is really simple, but there's just so many aspects to it that we could kind of complicate it. Now, I wanted to give some shine to what you just accomplished. I thought it was so impressive. The 30-day, what are you calling it? Um, a 30-day tour? It was a deliverance tour. Mm-hmm. Deliverance tour. I think I thought that was so impressive. And 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 you showed you showed me that video and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Um, could you tell us what what you what you did there? Yeah, so for 30 days, the Lord sent me on a deliverance tour across America, you know, 7,000 miles, 22 states. And there were a couple of times that I uh, I almost died, to be honest. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, the enemy was trying to delay and distract. But um, by the grace of God, I had no car accidents, no flat tires, uh, everything was provided for me. I honestly, like it was, I have no words the way that God came through for me. And that that's another thing is when God sends you, like he's, he's going to back you up. Yes. Back you up. So 30 days, you know, I, I went to people's homes across America. Before you, before you continue, I want to give the, the listeners some context here. Um, so this is why I think she's such a boss girl because, um, and you know, gosh, I hate using like buzzwords. I hate it, but I, I can't, I can't think of anything else. She's such a boss girl um, because she, this is a CEO of a marketing company with employees, with real clients and, you know, um, a, a, a successful marketing company. And she sacrifices and, God tells her, I want you to kind of put a halt to your life and do this. And she went and did it. The amount of sacrifice, you have to understand that she that she did was really significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 
a huge sacrifice. And in a sense, I came back to a different life because when you're gone for a month in 2023 is like, you're gone for like a year, <laughs> Amen. running a business, family, friends, and, uh, and all the things that, that, you know, are a part of your life. So for 30 days, I, you know, the Lord sent me to people's homes and, basically walk them through deliverance, salvations, baptism, and even deliverance training. So walking people through what that looks like so that they can also walk their family members and their friends through deliverance. And even, you know, some pastors uh, are now preaching deliverance in their, in their churches and, and people's families are coming to Christ and marriages are being restored. And, it has been so much to keep up with that going back to our conversation about planting seeds, like that's really what the Lord had me do. And he even had me take physical seeds to spread prophetically across America to pray for the harvest, for the next move of God. And it was really incredible. I, I'm just mind blown that even, even the story that I shared with you about being in Wyoming and my car hydroplaned 8,000 feet high up on a mountain. And it was my first time driving in the snow. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. Like my car is spinning. Thankfully there were no cars around me. There were no trucks because I definitely would have, I would not be here right now, but my car was spinning and spinning and spinning. I, I hear the wind so loud and all I knew what to, to do was literally let go, literally, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> and <Yeah>. I said, <laughs> I command this car and the wind to stop in the name of Jesus. And the next thing I know, I'm on the side of the road, perfect in a perfect straight line, and the wind stopped. And I don't think we I don't think we have truly grasped the power and authority that God has given us. Like my faith, I know I was the one that said that, but my reaction right after was like, oh, it worked. <laughs> you know, of course it did. There's power in his name. And my faith just grew to another level. And the and even the authority we have over like natural elements is something that I don't think we even fully understand. Right. Like Jesus walked on water. Right. You know, I'm glad we're talking about this because I just, I just think, it, it, so I, my parents were immigrants and so I have this perspective that involves both like immigrant and being an American. And I am such a proud American, but I got to tell you, our perspective here is very much in a bubble, um, I think, even spiritually, definitely economically, you know, um, you know, go to the Philippines, I'm from the Philippines, and go see that type of poverty. It's a different type of poverty, you know, um, when, when you have to go to another building to use the bathroom and get a, get a pit bucket of water to be able to do it every time. It, it's a different type of lifestyle, right? Um, and so, but spiritually as well, I feel like a lot of our Christianity here is very clean. 
And deliverance isn't really talked a lot about, you know, but it's real. Like if you go to some areas outside of the country, it's normal to see demonic activity, you know, and uh, over here, like we will call it, you know, mental illness or whatever and or whatever you want to call it, you know, um, <laughs> but it's real. Like I've, I've had experiences and I think if people are honest, I, I've had people tell me they've had experiences and you would never even think that they even believe in that stuff, but they experience because the, the enemy is real and Jesus even casted out demons. And, and this was part of normal Christianity back in, in, in Jesus when he walked the earth. But nowadays, a lot of people don't even like believe it's real Christians. People were so desperate that even there were even people that heard I was passing through their city and I did deliverance in the car, like on my way in the car. That's incredible. That's something that I don't think I would have imagined just doing voluntarily. It, it was something that happened because there was a need and that's just what was available. So how important is our yes for God to use us in ways that we can't even imagine? That's not something I planned. It just happened because there was a need. So if we say, yes, Lord, use me. He'll bring people to your door. He'll bring people to your car <laughs> mm -hmm. so that he can use you when you give him your yes. Yeah. And it goes back to what we said at the beginning, which was religion is man's attempt to understand God, putting him into boxes. And I just feel like we're in a time now where God is breaking boxes. He's breaking barriers. He's the box breaker. <laughs> yeah. I just said that. I like that. For someone who hates labels and buzzwords, I'm sure using a lot of them. I'm even making up my own. Boxing. But anyways. <laughs> and, um, and you know that. That, that, song, was it that song, um, Box Break or Miracle. Really? There's <laughs> no, a song? No, it says Chain Breaker, but we're just going to chain. Chain Breaker, Box Breaker. <laughs> box Breaker, Miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But you know we're, the the um, the show chosen is 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 really popular right now, and people are getting introduced to Jesus in a new way, right? But if do we really believe in Jesus? Do we really ex want the true Jesus, right? Because he's not just a guy sitting on a rock petting a lamb. You know, he Jesus had fiery feet with lasers coming out of his eyes and 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 like a neon heated breastplate. And and when John saw him, he fell on his face as if he was dead. That's Jesus. And so even Jesus in the Sermon of the Mount, right? He said, Blessed are you who won't get offended by me. Because he knew I'm coming in. I'm coming in with the truth and I'm going to break those boxes you put up and you're going to get offended, but blessed are those who don't get offended by me. So good.
I'm sure I'm going to get letters about this episode. I think I'm like, I think we're we're offending people right now. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so, so Melrose, I really, well, when I value our friendship, I'm so glad that God made us friends. Really, um, friends. That that scripture where it says, "What is it?" I'm going to paraphrase here. I paraphrase a lot of the scripture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does it say? Friends are are more valuable than treasure, or something like that. I mean, you get the idea. And I really believe that in this phase of my life, um, you know, I've been without money. I've been with money, and I've had awesome experiences and I guess I'm just in that part of my life where I'm asking what's really important and it is family and friends. You know, it's the connections we make that I believe are going to continue in heaven. And um, I'm just thankful for our friendship. Um, I'd love to kind of give you the floor for any closing words of wisdom. Like looking at my notes. Is there anything I missed? You can cut this part out. <laughs> how about how about this? Um, do you have any closing words of wisdom on how people can join Jesus as he breaks those boxes? Start the business. Yes. Write the sermon. Write the book. Let him use you. Just give him your yes. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Just do it. Just do it. Don't wait. Don't wait to it feels right. Don't I wait. Is now. Yes. <laughs> it is a Kairos moment. And if you don't know what Kairos is, look it up. But basically, it's a time when the will of God and the timing of God intersect. And I really believe we are in a Kairos moment. We do this podcast, guys, because God put it in my heart. He wants to speak to people who have an entrepreneurial calling. Whether you have a business already and you want to align it with that calling, or you don't have a business, but you're feeling the tug, because I believe God is going to raise up businesses. This is for you. So Melrose, I appreciate that we got to meet and you know i just i'm going to continue to pray for you and i know god is going to do great things through your ministry and business amen thank you so much for having me it was an honor hey i hope you like the show if you got something from it and want to bless me back leave a review on itunes or apple Podcasts, and also subscribe to my channel if you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace. Peace.